There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the PR Weekly, the podcast that gives you your weekly fix of PR industry news, analysis and gossip. I'm John Harrington, editor of PR Week UK. My colleague Arvin Hickman is unable to join us today, but I'm delighted to say we have two special guests with us. Last week, it was announced that Publicis had acquired Taylor Herring, the multi-award winning PR agency renowned for its creative comms campaigns. I am delighted to welcome Taylor Herring founder, James Herring, and Publicis UK influence practice lead, Chris McCafferty, who will give us the lowdown on the deal. Welcome, Chris and James. How are you both? Very good, thanks, John. Thanks for having us on. Likewise, John. Really good. Thank you again. Very welcome. Very welcome. Brilliant. Well, it's obviously been a, a busy week, I'm sure, a busy couple of weeks. So um, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, before we get on to discussing the deal, we're going to talk about some other issues uh, in the world of PR this week. PR Week revealed its 30 under 30 and newcomers list on Wednesday, um, which is always a joy to do. And it's great that um, MSL and Taylor Herring both had people on the list. So congratulations to them. I want to ask, as, as agency bosses, uh, Chris and James, how, how, how do you find this new generation of, of younger people at your agencies are, are different than how the younger people were, say, five years ago in terms of skills background priorities, um, things like like that. I always think 30 under 30 is a really important moment in the year. It's a, it's a moment I always look forward to. I never won it, which uh, I deeply regret. I'm definitely not under 30 anymore. Um, but as you mentioned in your intro, you have a MSL person in that 30 under 30 this year, Kim Allen. And I think Kim kind of epitomizes in many ways what this generation of people are all about, right? They're super driven. They're really connected into the culture and businesses and so on that surround them. They have a real lack of barriers just in the way that um, younger people do in wider society and wider culture. They're really kind of pushing boundaries and they have huge expectations of themselves. Um, and equally, they've got huge 
expectations of us as a as, a, as an agency and in, an employer. They kind of hold us up to super high standards, which I think is a really good thing that only helps us push on. Um, from 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 our side, John. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Chris. The um, thirty under thirty is a, a real real list to watch. I mean, these guys all have have the potential to become the industry leaders of the future. It's a list I'm sure many agency bosses have got eyes on. Uh, it's a prestigious group to be part of. You know, there's that nomination process and scrutiny from a, from a judging panel. I think this this year, perhaps more than most, it's been a really tough year for everybody uh, on that list. So the class of 2020 have uh, have really had their work cut out for them in 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 what's been a you know incredibly turbulent year. The the under 30s are the engine rooms of most agencies. They are you know com- complete account ninjas, ma- managing everything from client handling, media relations, running a team. And definitely, I think that the new breed come with with a far broader skill set than than they did back in the day. They're creatives, they're content producers, they're, they're they've they've got good strategy heads. They're being pulled into in, into new business stuff. So really branded, uh, branded, uh, rounded range of skills across all of them. So yeah, um, I'm delighted to see Rosie Cope, one of our own, um, uh, making the Hall of Fame. Fantastic. And yeah, I mean some of the some of the uh, achievements and skills of the of the thirty is astonishing. I, I find I'm always always blown away, and certainly certainly this year. So. Um, no, it's really good, really good, uh, really good news. Congratulations again to them. Um, other things this week, we had um, another one of the big holding companies, WPP's results. Uh, the PR division grew 2% organically in, in Q1. Um, and the return to growth kind of chimes with a lot of anecdotal things we've heard from other agencies um, about growth. In, ge- in general terms, how have you found trading so far in 2021 uh, in your businesses and, and, and in the market generally? It's been a really busy start to the year. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a a new business pipeline quite like it. I think that lots of clients are uh, coming out of hibernation after 12 months of uncertainty and, and want to hit and get those those trade trading results firing on all cylinders as fast as possible. Um, it's almost, it feels to us, like our, our normal gold rush in, in terms of project launches tends to happen in the run to Christmas from September but it seems to be happening a lot earlier this year. There's there's almost a pre-Christmas Christmas, which is basically this summer as um, restaurants and pubs and retail all unlocks. And so for, from our side, certainly the, the, the phone is ringing a lot. Yeah, and s- similar on our side, really, John. I mean, our, our recovery out of the pandemic commercially probably started in the summer of last year. And we just continue to see momentum building Brilliant. Um, across the board, really. So it's particularly strong rebound in the consumer brand space. But we're seeing a lot of spend um, in all of the different flavours of work that we represent. Um, as you know, I look after uh, sort of Baxter within the influence practice in the group as well, our sustainability consultancy. And that business has never been busier. It's great to see uh, all of those businesses kind of um, investing in sustainability and taking their responsibilities in that space really, really seriously. So, yeah, it's it's great and it's wonderful to have um, momentum. Without a doubt, it's still a competitive marketplace. So there's a lot of uh, spend in the market. There's a lot of opportunity in the market, but equally uh that some of that growth is really hard won and and i think that's only a good thing right because it keeps the standards of the agencies incredibly high and we we know we have to be at the top of our game unfortunately and we we all are at the moment so the growth is coming really good really good to hear um moving on to um the uh the acquisition of course starting with james how long have you been considering selling uh the business and how did the bid from publicists first come about so um 
I mean, in the back of our minds, I, I think we've always thought that maybe one day we, we might sell to the right partner, but we've never as such ever put ourselves on the market. So the, the approach from publicists last year was, was really welcome, but, um, but also unexpected. Uh, in terms of how it came about, Chris called me initially. Uh, I think I was mowing the lawn at the time. That's probably a bit of unnecessary detail for you there, John. But if you want to get granular, I'm, I'm happy to provide those extra details. Go granular, um, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so this was actually last May. I was looking back in my WhatsApp chat. It was on the 1st of May last year. And he, I remember him saying to me, while our competitors are thinking about how they're going to survive the next 12 months, we've been thinking about how we might grow the group and improve our offering 12 months down the line. When we come out the other side of COVID, he said that he was looking to bring in uh, even more creative capability. He was very nice about our work. And so the, that led on to the next round of conversations. And Kath and I met Annette King, who's the group CEO. And we talked more about how we might be able to bring some more earn media firepower into their ad agency set, but also how they plan to grow publicists' influence division um, under, under Chris, of course. Um, but the thing that got us the most excited and, and what they were really uh, on the phone for was to tell us that they wanted to scale Taylor Herring from a boutique creative shop uh, that we are and uh, turbocharge our growth. So while we've achieved some pretty decent growth under our own steam, uh, we've never really in, in 20 years ever had a business plan as such and have just really sort of followed our nose trying to do entertaining, fun, impactful work and trying to find the kind of clients that want to do the same sort of um, entertaining work that we enjoy doing. So hearing Chris and Annette's uh, plan to to scale up the business and actually put some rigour behind it and, and actually have a plan was, was genuinely exciting. Brilliant. Um, were there um, any other serious potential suitors for, for Taylor Herring? Like I said, we've never been on the market, but I mean, I would say that over the last 10 years, we've probably had two or three approaches, but nothing that's ever felt like a really good fit. And that's obviously key if you're going to set yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. And um, interested to hear about timings. Um, why why did you decide to, to sell now? I mean, did the pandemic and lockdown play any role or was it uh, a case of responding to the opportunity from, from publicists? Okay, well, I'll do the lockdown question first. So I think lockdown did play a role. Uh, but not because we were having a, a hard time financially. Actually, we've been incredibly fortunate that we've won some decent pitches and and even achieved some growth last year. But I think one of the positive things about lockdown in a weird way is that it sort of disrupted the flow of things for us a bit. So the normal agency hamster wheel where you're running at um, 150 miles an hour to service current clients and pitching for new ones, actually lockdown gave... Uh, Kath and I, more time to think about our agency, our company, uh, and what the plan was. We've been going for like 19 years and literally haven't had time to catch our breath or, or pause for thought. So in terms of why we've decided to sell now, well, I suppose we're genuinely really excited about the plan that publicists put on the table. Um, we met all the bosses of all the other agencies in the group. Um, they were very enthusiastic we could see immediately where the synergies were on their side um, and where the opportunities lay. And uh, and ultimately, there was a, a very decent commercial offer on the table as well. So it all kind of made sense. Do you think, you know, as you say, you've been operating the business for, for 19 years. Do you believe that there is a ceiling on an independent agency's ability to grow and scale without joining a larger group? I don't think that's the case. Um, I think I think there's lots of 
great commercially mindy, minded indies out there punching above their weight, Hope and Glory and Warren Johnson's W spring to mind. They've all scaled by pulling focus on decent press office retainers or diversification or uh, or acquisition. But ultimately, it's a, a question of what gets you out of bed in the morning as an agency owner. I mean, we've never had a desire to be a big agency. We've never set out for size and growth to be to be one of the things that motivated us. For years, we turned down a lot of big press office type gigs because it, it wasn't what excited us. We we wanted to do the the big eye catching, head turning pieces and and almost to stand out from our competitor set by trying to be famous for a particular kind of flavour of work and now probably that was to our financial cost but in the long run I, I don't think we'll regret it. Great and what, what does joining publicists mean for, for Taylor Herring and, and for your clients? For us uh, it means getting to scale up what we're currently doing but it also means we get to work alongside a stable of some of the best creative agencies in in the UK. We'll now get to work on global brands and global campaigns. We've also got a fair few international clients of our own, like Samsung. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. EasyJet and Disney, but we've we've never really had boots on the ground or capability in Europe. And I would say we've definitely had at least three or four calls a year saying if you if you've got an office in New York uh, or, or LA, and of course we've had to say no and and miss out on some opportunities and refer that off to another agency. So this this changes that. So um, but very exciting for for. From our side, great. And you say there are no plans for you, your fellow uh, colleagues, uh, Kath and Peter, to move on. Can you elaborate on your on your future plans for the business? Blimey, John. Well, we only announced this six days ago, <laughs> so I would say, well, one step at a time. <laughs> We've got a big job to do uh, at Publicist Group, and that's certainly going to keep us um, very busy for the next few years. And look, I, I can't speak for Peter or Kath, but I'm a stayer. I was ten years in my first job. 19 years in in the current version of, of Taylor Herring. So I'm I'm definitely in for the long term. Great. Good stuff. And now um, over to you, Chris. Uh, when and, and why did publishers decide it, it wanted a boutique creative comm shop? It's probably worth taking a little step back, John, and just giving a little the context to how we arrived at the deal. And, and in, in a sense, why I'm at Publicist Group as well, because I, I spent the vast majority of my career at the independent end of the market. And um you know, I'm now I'm now thoroughly enjoying being part of a networked uh, group. But um, when I first had my interview with Annette King, who uh, James has already mentioned, Group CEO, back in I'm going to say it was um, January of 2019, we talked about the importance that Annette was putting on the influence practice and the earned media capabilities of the group in uh, as a growth driver for publicist group as a growth opportunity and that was what immediately attracted me into the group and almost in that first meeting Annette and I were talking about the fact that we may need to 
acquire to accelerate the growth of, of earned media within the publicist group in the UK. So if you look across the different marketing services network works, it's, you know, our sort of direct competitors, you mentioned WPP earlier, um, we are a little underweight or historically have been a little underweight in terms of the percentage of revenue that's, that's derived from earned media. So that's, that, that tells us it's a massive growth opportunity, not just from that perspective, but of course it's growing in the overall market. So we can grow our share and we can outperform the market and we'll be doing really, really well. So then you start to map the market. We looked at sort of two or three different flavors of acquisition and had some conversations. And honestly, the the conversation that we had with James and Kath and more broadly with Pete was the single most exciting, interesting conversation that we had. And we pretty quickly put all of our efforts into that conversation, you know, and then fast forward to the last week. And of course, it um, of course it closed. And we're very, very, very fortunate to have Taylor Ering join us. We're very lucky and, you know, pleased that we've, we've managed to team up. So I guess it started almost two years ago. And then we, we come down to now. And as James says, we're on, we're on day six. So there's another possibly 10 years ahead of us. Who knows? Yeah, um, I mean, how will how will um, Taylor Herring fit into the the publicist machine in in, in your mind? Well, I would, I would reject machine, John. Obviously, but, uh, <laughs> wonderful organic being. Thank you. Yeah. Um, look, so um, first things first, Taylor Herring will stay clearly as the Taylor Herring brand, and we will continue to invest and grow and scale the Taylor Herring brand in partnership with James, Pete, and Kath and the the brilliant team down there. So it's it's fundamentally important that that that's number one on the list. And if you look across the group, you know the likes of. Digitas, Saatchi and Saatchi, Leo Burnett, Publicis Poke, all sorts of hugely kind of famous um, and storied agencies. So, you know, we're, we're glad to have another one join the stable. Taylor Herring will sit within the influence practice, which um, which I run alongside MSL and Sorter Baxter, the sustainability consultancy I mentioned earlier. And we see opportunities for there to be uh, integrated teams across those agencies. Maybe there is a sustainability strategy that needs more fame brought into it, for example, to make a real impact in the world. So it's just, just one example. And then, as James has said, there is a massive opportunity. Clients increasingly want earned media and earned first creativity in the stories that they tell and the campaigns that they create. And we now have another set of, uh, of people to play into that opportunity. You know, uh, at times, uh, MSL will be the right agency to play into that integrated opportunity. At times, it will be Taylor Herring. And now we, we just have a you know, bigger squad of players to choose from. Great, thanks. So um, opening out to, to both of you, really, I mean, um, it, it seems like historically the main reason acquisitions in this industry fail is that two vastly different cultures are not well aligned. Um, how are you planning to ensure Taylor Herring manages to retain its culture, you know, what makes it successful um, within a much larger holding group um, and, a, and a, a different structure, particularly with the move to uh, the publicist's offices? Well, from my, from my side... And one of the things we did in, in, in our own due diligence was to spend a lot of time talking to the, the CEOs of the other group companies at Publicis. And what really impressed us is that they've all got that independent spirit about them. They've very much got their own brands. They're almost quite competitive within the group. They're fiercely proud about their unique ways of working, about their unique sort of special sauce and flavour. Um, you know, there, there's no sense of... Um, you know, a sort of corporate whitewash that r- runs across the, the many different companies that, that publicists have. And so 
we we feel very confident that we, we're joining a family where where they bought us for who we are, not to change us. We feel that that's um, you know, and they've they've been very keen to to stress that from day one is that they don't want to change us; they just want to make it bigger and better. Yeah, and I mean, John, that's that's in line with um, the overarching publicist strategy, right? So Artur and Annette are both on record as um, talking about the importance of of brand at, at, at an agency level, and you know, brand in many ways is defined by the cultures that are in those agencies. You know, people do not join groups. The people that work with us join agencies, and they get attracted to the magnetic cultures that those agencies have, um, and the culture of Taylor Herring. Um, is a huge part of what makes that agency. So we have huge respect for that and we know what we've bought in that sense and we will do everything we can to to foster that and to grow that while, of course, augmenting it with the other opportunities and skills and investment and, you know, um, talent that we have across the group. So it's it's hugely important that the group will be additive to the Taylor Herring culture. Okay, thanks. Um I mean, previously, Taylor Herring would uh, compete with MSL on, on pitches. I'm wondering how the MSL team feels about having the hot new kid on the block, if you like, join the stable, um, particularly as MSL has, has been a sole publicist creative comms agency in this market. Are there some sort of concerns about that? There aren't concerns, John. So when, when I told, uh, we told both sets of agencies at the same time, 9.30 last Wednesday, um, and it was just huge excitement all across the boards and people recognised tailoring for what it is, which is a creative leader in our field. And they're excited to be able to learn from those people to partner with them and also for that tailoring team to learn from some of the stuff that we do at MSL as well. So huge, huge excitement. And both James and I were, were discussing this actually Neither of us can remember where uh, a single time that Taylor Herring and, MS, and MSL sorry, um, have been on the same pitch list. So I'm not sure that your uh, opening statement <laughs> that we would compete on pitches is, is, is entirely accurate. Both agencies have a really, I think, unique uh, signature flavour and, and creative flair. And often it's different clients that are buying from, you know, different agencies. Definitely. I think we're in slightly different in slightly different genres of client as well. I think people that come to Taylor Herring tend to be sort of challenger brands, risk takers, wanting to do, you know, fun, entertaining, um, sort of standout work. And myself have obviously got some huge, hugely um, big corporate mega brands um, yeah. on their list who, who, who simply wouldn't, they wouldn't figure of putting Taylor Herring on there initially but I think that potentially by coming together um, we're able to offer in certain and we won't always be pitching together there'll be some things that are quite clearly not an M- not a tailoring opportunity or not an MSL opportunity but we, we will collaborate in fact in, in the last 12 months as we've got to know each other Subway is a good case in point we, we picked up the, the consumer account for, for Subway last um, late last summer and they were looking for, for corporate expertise Made made an introduction to to MSL who who are now handling all the corporate and and purpose side of the business and as and as a team we we, we are coming together on terrible word corpsumer uh, act, activations where the power of both agencies will, will come together and and t- do some serious serious storytelling but in in a super engaging and impactful fashion. Great and briefly because we are unfortunately running out of time. What 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 will it look like in five years? How do you think Taylor Herring will? Will fit once this kind of um, once this process is, uh, has continued and you've embedded in and um, what, what does the future look like? 
from our side, I mean, our you know gro- growth and scale um, are are, the, are our sort of two key objectives that we're, we're hoping to do, to achieve without losing what makes us special and our and our culture of, of what we have now. I think we're going to be able to offer a lot more um, a lot more range for our clients. They're, they're going to get incredible access to a much larger skill set than we currently have. We're going to have access to strategy team of 12 who can help us with trends and behavioral insights and all the stuff that's a small indie that you'd never ever get your hands on but also because the flavor of our work has changed beyond all recognition in the last five years so the breadth of skills required has changed too we've been doing so many more integrated campaigns like tv ads some out of home more and more content for paid platforms it's fair to say there's been a little bit of winging it along the way um, as clients move us out of our comfort zone but hopefully within publicists, not anymore, because if I need access to a brilliant director or a designer or a copywriter, uh, they're just going to be down a corridor. That is, unfortunately, um, all the time we have for today. Uh, I'd like to thank Chris and James and our producer, uh, Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio. A really great, uh, really great session. Really, really interesting. So thank you for that. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please do visit prweek.com forward slash UK to stay up to date with all our news and analysis and we would love to hear your feedback on the PR Weekly. So we hope you'll join us next week. Until then, goodbye.